Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. I love new songs. Don't you love new songs? Especially songs I've never heard that song before and and that song, those lyrics just resonated with me, especially that, that first verse about just uh, allowing the, the name of Christ to be magnified throughout the entire earth. And uh, it's such a, a great uh, message, our song, to lead into our message this morning, because that's exactly what we want to spend the next two weeks talking to you about, is about leveraging your influence, not only in the public square, but also in regards to your personal relationships so that that Christ can be magnified. There is no way that that song can ever be fulfilled unless you and I are willing to use our lives for the sake of the gospel. And I can't, I can't believe that there is a greater privilege in life than to serving the Lord through our lives by allowing our lives to be a a testimony of his great grace, of his great salvation, of his great mercy, of his great love, of his great forgiveness that you and I in Christ have experienced. And so I I, I hope that that song resonated so much in your heart that you're willing to say, Lord, let Christ be magnified in my life. Let Christ be magnified on the altar of my life. We've got to get into the game, right? We've got to be men and women who are no no longer um, wanting to stay on the sidelines of life, but we must be willing to get in and be involved. And yes, at times it gets kind of dirty and kind of of, uh, hectic, and sometimes uh, we don't know what God's up to. Sometimes we don't know, you know, what the outcomes will be. Um, But it's good to be on mission with him. It's good to say, Lord, let my life be usable in your hands. If you have a copy of scripture this morning, I want to invite you to turn um, with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, that's going to be our only, really our only text this morning. Um, It's a simple text. It's a powerful text. It's a powerful imagery of how God uses you Um, for the sake of his great name in the world today. Um, as you all know, because we live in a, in a digital age, in, a, in an advanced techn- technological age, um, the internet has changed our world forever. And in fact, I would, I would go a step further. Social media has transformed the world that we know of forever. Life will never be the same. Um, our, our worldviews will, will never be the same again because the the social media has the ability to connect people, to unite people, to divide people, uh, to polarize people. Um, it has shaped ideologies, and it's even shaped, our, like I said, it's shaped our worldviews and the worldviews of many others. It has given voice to people in their personal opinions. You can go on social media and, and be um, com- uh, contacted with people's ideas of, of religious views and, and trends and, and fads and, 
and anything that your, your, your mind can think of, anything you can give voice to, you can find on a social media platform. This past week, I was reading an article that says that Americans get, all the, get the majority of their news off of social media platforms more than they do by connecting with the traditional um, news outlets that we have been associated with. Can you imagine um, what life would be like today if we did not have a social media platform? Can you imagine what going through COVID would have been like 15 years ago um, without uh, um, social media, without with dial-up of all things? But, but also, what would we do without Zoom, right? Social media platforms has now invaded um, our educational instruction. There's no way we can do educational instruction in this worldwide pandemic without social media platforms. There's no way that we can um, connect with one another at work without social media platforms in this worldwide pandemic. I'm not sure if I'm the most authoritative voice when it comes to social media platforms and, and all of its ins and outs. Um, I, I rarely uh, post on Facebook. You, you wonder if I'm on Facebook because I just never post there. Um, I've never Instagrammed in my life. I've never tweeted um, I never snapped, nor have I ever chatted. I don't think any time in my near future I'm going to be ticking and talking. However, I have to acknowledge that my life, and, and you're going to have to acknowledge this as well, that our lives have been impacted by what takes place on social media, whether we give permission to it or not. It is just a normal part of our lives, and we have to learn how to navigate in that world nowadays. Um, there are drivers, and this is something that I've, I've just recently learned about. There are drivers on social media platforms that enable us to see things um, that maybe normally wouldn't come across our paths. These people are called social media influencers. Uh, just, just take a poll. Do we have any social media influencers here in the house this morning? I don't know if there's anything. I had to put my hand over my eyes. Okay. There's not one social media influencer in this room. I can't believe that. Right? So if you don't know what a social media influencer was, and I didn't know what it was about, about several months ago, this is the definition, and this is not my definition. I got this off of a, a website, believe it or not, dedicated to tracking social media influencers. And this is, this is what they say is a social media influencer. It is a person who has the power to affect the purchasing decisions and shape the worldview of others due to their authority, knowledge, and relationship to their audience. So there are people that maybe you don't know personally, uh, but you know who they are, that have the ability to put a product out there and influence you to buy that product. It used to be in the hands of these mega advertising corporations that would drive us in, in the trends and the fads and the things that we we purchased and got behind, but now that has been decentralized into the hands of, of any individual around the world. Now, this is what I, I found fascinating in my research on social media influencers. There are four categories of social media influencers. At the very, very top of category, it's what they call mega social influencers. And these mega social influencers are people that have a one million or more followers on their social media platforms. They are the ones that are more likely they're celebrities or they're, they're well-known in their field of, of, of study or their expertise. 
But whatever it is, these people are able in, in one mass swoop to use their status in life to get people interested in buying things. Or, or, or they use their status to persuade people in certain ideologies or worldview. Now, the second level, beneath the mega influencers, there are the, the macro influencers. Now, the macro influencers, they have a following of 400,000 up to 1 million people, right? And then after that, you have the, the, micro, uh, the, the ma- micro influencers. Now, the micro influencers have the ability from, let's say, 1,000 up to 400,000 um, to let their voice be heard in the world. But, but this is what I find fascinating. That it is the, the fourth level that they say has the most impact. So if you are a social media influencer with a following of one, is there a, is there a social media influencer with a following of one out there? Can anyone out there with just a one person following you on social media? Oh my gosh, we've got to do something about that around here because this is important. This is fascinating to me. If you are on social, is anyone on social media? Let me just let's start there. Maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Internet, what? What's going on? Um, here it is. The, there's a, the last level is the nano level. And the nano level has at least one follower up to 1,000 people following them. And the expert says, it's not the megas, it's not... The, the macros with all their hundreds of thousands and, and millions of plus followers that, that get people to buy in. It's on the nano level because on the nano level, they are, they are, they are using, they're leveraging their relationships to, to move people to believe in a certain ideology, a worldview, or, or, to, or to buy a product. Because what the megas and the macros can't do is they can't go out there and authentically connect with people on a personal and relational friendship level like, like a nano social influencer did. I'm so glad I, I brought you so much great education on technology from someone who really doesn't understand technology at all. But here, here it is. I, 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 sometimes we believe, and I said, I said it's a powerful tool that has been created, and our world will never be the same. But it's not the most powerful influence in the world today. The church, the church of Jesus Christ is still the most powerful change maker in the world today. And the reason why the church is such a powerful uh, uh, change maker is because we hold fast to the gospel of Jesus Christ who is the most powerful hope and is the only hope for all of mankind. We have the answers to man's despair. We have the answer to man's loneliness in their soul. We have the answer to man's searching for the meaning of life and for the brokenness. And, and the church has the, has the answer for the chaos that our world seems to be enveloped with. And no more, more, no more than now, now right? 2020 is, has been a year of, of nothing less than chaos. And I would say the next several weeks, possibly the next several months, that chaos in our society is probably going to be ramped up a lot more. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that, that we proclaim. We proclaim collectively as a church. We, we proclaim megaly as a church collective across the globe, but also in our hearts. We proclaim that Jesus Christ resolves the cry of the heart.
to be loved, to be long, to be fruitful, and to have true meaning in life. Now, collectively, the church as a whole, the church universal, is a mega social influencer. But where God is really at work in is wherever you give your life to. If I can say that, that you can, can impact the world as a, in, as a so, for, for social change, for influence, just by being a, a nano-influencer, because it's in that state of, of, of influence that you are able to leverage your relationships, not for self-gratification, not for some monetary value that you may get out of it like a social media influencer would, but, but you are in it because you want those that you love, those that you connect with, those that you work with, those that are in our, in our community that you come across on a daily basis, you want them to come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. I, I hope and pray that that is what your heart is about this morning. But I can, I can take it a, a, a step further and say that is an expectation of what Jesus demands out of everyone who says, I am a disciple of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, from verses 13 to 16, he makes this declaration. I'm going to paraphrase because we don't have the time word word word. This is what he says. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. It may be maybe one, or it may be a thousand people or more, but if you let your light shine before men. In other words, he's saying, he's saying let your life be a platform of social change, of heart change, by doing various works for the glorification of God himself. You see, God is just calling us just to live lives of gospel fruitfulness in this upside-down world that we are a part of. And a generation that I believe is truly searching for, for meaning like no other time before. They have, they have everything at their, their, at their, their fingertips. They have, they have all the information they need, but yet they're so, so far from God. You can leverage tremendous influence of change in your life. I don't care who you are. I don't care what age you are. You have the ability to influence people for the sake of the gospel. You could be the most extroverted, and that may come very easy to you. But for us who are introverts, it's also a challenge for us that even in our introvertedness, we are still able to be men and women who influence people for the sake of the gospel. Paul understood this mandate from Jesus, I think, more than any other in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians, which is our text this morning, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning in verses 14 and 15, he challenges us to do what Jesus says, to let our light shine before all men, to allow our lives to be the very salt of the earth. This is what he says in verses 14 and 15. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession 
and through us, this is what I love, and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him, listen, in every place. Boy, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to circle that, that praise in every place because that is very important. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being um, saved and among those who are perishing. You see, I, this is what I truly love, this challenge from Paul, because he is telling us that God is giving us permission to go out into every part of the world, that there's nothing off limits where the gospel cannot penetrate. There's, there's, nowhere, there's nowhere that God says, I don't want my name to be not known, right? I, it could be the most seediest place he wants his name to be known. It could be in the darkest of places he wants his name uh, to be known. He, can, he wants his name to be known in the most scariest of places, the most violent of, of places, the most oppressed places. He, wherever there may be brokenness, wherever there may be chaos, wherever there may be hopelessness, he wants his name known. And so Paul says he gives us permission. He says he wants to spread through us the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Every place. So, so this is why I believe that you have the ability to be a part of what is going on in the world around us. You, you, you still have a voice in our culture. You have a voice in shaping society. You have a voice in, in helping society. Whatever cause you are passionate for, you can use as a platform for the name of God. Whatever you are driven to, whatever you are concerned about, whatever you think about, whatever you give your time to and your resources to, guess what? God says, hey, hey, don't forget me, but bring me with you. Whatever cause that you're going you're gonna to step into, whatever platform you're going to use, whatever floats your boat, you know, culturally, I want you to do one thing. Take me along and glorify my name in whatever you do. So... So if there's something out there that concerns you in our culture, if something rubs you the wrong way, if you're like, man, I wish someone would do dot, dot, dot. I, I believe that God has given you and I permission to step away from the sidelines and, and, and the petty shouting through, um, through, our, um, through our Facebook accounts and through our tweets or whatever you do and get involved for change. Your life matters. Your voice matters. So if you are enraged about the, 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 the state of politics today, well, guess what? Get involved. Do something about it. Jump in the arena of politics. It, 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 are, are you upset about the educational system of today? Well, guess what? Get involved. Lend your voice of reason. Lend your voice of truth. Do you love animals? Hot dog. I believe God loves animals too. He created them. Get involved. Do something about them. Um, are you concerned about all the orphans out there? Get involved. Start adopting. Right? If you are concerned about the environment and, and you don't like the fact that uh, um, this political party or this politician just allows this world to be ravaged by pollution, then guess what? Get involved. 
Add your voice. But, but here's the caveat of it all. We cannot step into these arenas. We cannot give our lives to these causes and, and, and allow these causes and these concerns and these passions in life to overtake the fact that we are first and foremost called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Your passion cannot take precedence over your devotion in being a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes, this world needs the church to flavor it more for the sake of the gospel. It it is up to the church. I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is is the tool, is the avenue that God uses in the world today to bring healing to those issues and those things that divide us. Because Jesus Christ resolves the concerns of our heart. But I also believe that there are the tenets of of the gospel of Jesus Christ that can fit into every platform and any cause that may be out there. But you you have to see yourself. You have to believe that you can be an agent of change. And even if that agent of change is on a nano level, never forget this one fact, that at that nano level, God can use it. Because guess what? When you are, when you are joining yourself to a, a great cause, you're, you're just not about going out there and, and protesting and, 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 and doing whatever it is to, to change things, to make things better. But you're really connecting with other people that share the same passions that you share, the same concerns that, that you share. And in these arenas that you want to venture into, whether it be social injustice causes or if it be politics, or be education, or whatever floats your boat, you are really connecting with people as you are connecting with the issue at hand. And that is why God is saying, whenever you go, in every place that you enter into and use your influence, allow the aroma of being a follower of mine. Just linger wherever you're at. Through us, God leaves a scent of knowing him, for we are, you are, the very fragrance of Christ. Interesting words here that that Paul uses, right? Very powerful imagery of being being the fragrance of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I for one, love cologne. I I brought with me a little illustration. I rarely use illustrations like this on stage, but I've done something wonderful for you. I love cologne so much that I brought a portion of my cologne collection to show you off today here. So this is, this is like a third of my cologne collection. Maybe I kind of tilt a little bit there. It's just packed solid with, uh, with cologne. I love cologne. Let me see if I can pull one out. Oh, here is a, a Weekend by Burberry, right? So uh, uh, listen, there, I, I love cologne. I love smelling good, right? I, I love I love going places, and, and I love just to uh, be vibrant. And for me, cologne just does something for me. It just, it just smell or just enlightens me sometimes. I know this is going to freak you out, but, you know, uh, this is this is Dave Myers. This is Dave Myers, I'm showing you. But I have, I literally have so much cologne. Um, I have a drawer, another, a drawer just in my, in my bathroom, just stocked full of unopened cologne, right? I have more cologne that I can use, if I use cologne once a day, I probably have at least two, three months worth of, of cologne in, in my collection. Now, 
for me, now, anyone love cologne? Anyone just are like, are like, no, okay. I'm not connecting with anybody today. You're not on social media, and you, and you stink, right? Is that what you're trying to tell me this morning? I, there's something about cologne. I, I have cologne for Sunday mornings. Now, uh, I, I'm, I'm wearing Kenzo today, unless you want to know what that is. That if, as you walk by me, and you go, hmm, David just smells so refreshing. He smells, smells like balsam and, and vanilla. Well, there you go. It's Kenzo, right? But I, I have certain, I have certain uh, colognes that I only wear on Sundays. Don't ask me why. It's just there in the brain. I have cologne that I, I use at work only because I, live, I work in a mission and we need to smell good there. Um, I wear cologne um, when I'm happy. There are certain colognes that I, I want to wear when I'm just in a happy mood. I have cologne that I wear. In fact, there's, just, uh, there's a special cologne right here. Um, ooh, ooh. It's, um, it's Aramis, right? And so if I have a special occasion coming up, I'll, I'll dash a couple of these things on, uh, on my body, right? And as you can tell, it's, it's full to the brim. That means I haven't had a date in a long time. But, you know, it's there. I'm ready for that moment, right? Aramis is coming out at some point. Listen, I, 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 I say all that to say, there's something about aroma. And there is, there is, a, there is an, a technique to how you apply cologne, right? Um, I don't want to give you a, a, a tutorial here. Right? But, you know, some people just, you know, they, they kind of will dab it. right? And some people will mist it and walk through it, right? Some people will just literally open the top and just pour it on themselves. But we do it because we want to leave an, an attraction um, behind or we want to leave a memory behind or we, wanna, we want people to be attracted to us. That's what, what cologne, cologne is all about. It may be masking odors, but in reality, it's really about attraction. And that is what Paul is, is getting at with us, that, that we have to be these people that know how to apply the very gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives that we, 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 we are fragrance wherever we go. Whoever we come into contact with, we give off this, this aroma of Jesus Christ. And it's not necessarily an aroma that, that is offensive because of our actions. No, it's just an aroma of saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Yes, I, I share these same concerns and these same causes with you, but, but foremost, I am a lover of Jesus Christ. In the darkest of places, in the most hopeless of situations, wherever people are broken and living in despair, that is where the aroma of Christ should be present. And his aroma cannot be in those places unless you are willing to step in and say, I want to be an influencer. I want to leverage my life as an influencer of change. God is after people's hearts. And he uses you to fragrance your life and your relationships as one who says, I, my life has been forever changed by my encounter with Jesus Christ. That is how, that is how we leverage um, social change in our world. It's not about going downtown, and I was talking to Pastor John a few moments ago, not going about going downtown and screaming in a megaphone, 
and condemning people to hell. That's not how you bring about influence. Bringing about influence is, is becoming more and more like Jesus Christ and allowing him, allowing him to be the thing that, that, that attracts people's attention. Let's say, what is so different about this man or this woman? What, what, why, are they, why are they living so differently? Alive? It gives you a platform, a door of opportunity to bring the gospel there. Now lastly, Paul, in, in verse 16 of chapter 2, he, he tells us that, that our influence, though it is a powerful force, influence is, is never neutral. Look what he says. It says, to some... We are an aroma of death leading to death, but to others, an aroma of life leading to life. Who is adequate for these things? I'm so glad that he put in that last statement. Who is adequate? In other words, we we have our our responsibility, but sometimes we're like, God, I, I don't think I can do this. I don't think that I can be an influence of change. I, I don't think anyone would, would listen to me. I don't think that I have the ability to apologize my faith in such a way that, that people would come to know you. I, I don't know if I have the ability to, to ask someone to join me at church or to ask someone to, um, uh, to pray with me or I can step into a situation where, where there is so much chaos that I can just bring, bring in peace where there's calamity. Maybe, maybe we doubt that. And Paul's like going, man, this is a weighty thing, but God, you have given us that permission. You have given us that responsibility to be men and women who bring influence or change. Now, wherever we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's going to, it's going to come out, people are going to respond to it differently. There's two categories. Either they're going to, they're going to, they're going to react as to it, to it by being offended by it or they're going to be attracted to the, to the hope and to the message that Jesus Christ saves. Now, the problem that we have is that we are the ones who create offense by, by doing stupid things and saying stupid things that offend people. We, we sometimes we get very crass in trying to, trying to defend the gospel or trying to, to show how, how righteous we are. And, and that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's just simply saying, you know, you do your part by being an influencer and just allow the gospel for it to speak for itself. And that's what we're called to do. The responsibility as, as an influencer is to be wise, to be discerning, to be engaging, uh, to be welcoming, and to be, listen, and to be non-judgmental. Now, when, you're, when I say non-judgmental and welcoming, that's what I really mean. You're not there to tell people that they're horrible sinners. You're not there to, to rank their life from a scale of 1 to 10 about how horrible they are. You're just there to love people. You're there to accept people. You're not there to change people and to fix people. You're there just to influence them. You're there to say, say, Christ has forever changed my life. And I want to speak into your life. And I want to speak into this great cause that we share together. Now, when you are an influencer, there's going to be a lot of pushback 
about the message of the gospel. And as an influencer, you just have to lay, lay it out there. But you, again, you're, you're leveraging your relationship. And it's your relationship based in love. It's your relationship based in grace. It's your relationship based in acceptance. It's your relationship based in, in the fact that, that nothing that a person can do would make you to walk away from them. And that's hard. An influencer stays solid, stays firm, doesn't back out easily from some person's life that's just, it may be just absent turmoil. You're there to see a better outcome in that person's life. And there's no greater outcome that you can have as an influencer than to nurture relationships that point people to salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, your influence, if you're going to be a nano influencer with just one, then you start at home. Don't neglect your home and you being an influencer in your home. Teenagers can be an influence in the home, but parents especially, you are the greatest influence your children should ever have. And you should use that platform, that position of honor to direct your children to follow and to know who Jesus is. But more importantly, God has also given you a platform in your workplace. He's given you a platform in the causes that you are concerned about. And I would say the church cannot remain quiet for I believe that we are called, like, like Jesus said, we are called to be salt of the earth. We are called to even season our culture for the sake of the gospel. I don't believe for a moment God cares about political parties. He cares about heart. He cares about the eternal destination of people's souls. And we ought to do the same without being crass, without being pointed, without being divisive, without allowing our, our voices to be filled with rage and hate. We ought to be men and women who, who, who are humbled by the salvation that God has wrought upon our life. And we should be willing to give that out to those who are very, very far away from God this morning. If there is going to be social influence in our nation, it's going to have to be collectively as a church universal, yes. But more importantly, it's going to be up to you individually to say, I know of a place that I can bring the very fragrance of Christ in, the very aroma of Christ in. And it may be in the home, it may be in the workplace, it may be with a, a great cause, it may be with a social injustice that you are galvanized to, but whatever we do, no matter what, we do it for not what is temporary. We do, we do influence for what is eternal. Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. And they can only believe when you become a gospel-centered influencer. As we've been talking about for the past several weeks and and last week in our GIC, we talked about you being the one. And the question still remains today is, will you be the one? Will you be the one who stands in the gap, not only for your family, not only for your friends, 
but also will you stand in the gap for our city, our nation? Will you even stand in the gap for the world as a whole? I hope that your response to the message out of 2 Corinthians 2 is that, that you say, yes, I want to be in If it may be just one. Can you imagine if, 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 if Northbridge, if, if every single person in Northbridge, and there's about 200, 250 of us, if, if, if we just had 10 people that we influence, let's say over the next two years, if my math is right, 200 times 10, I'm carrying the four. I think that's like 2,000 people. Am I right, you mathematicians out there? Can you imagine? Can you imagine how life in this, in this arena called Springfield, Missouri can be impacted if you leverage your influence for the gospel? How will our city be changed? Right? What, what, what can you do? What can you do? You have to say, Lord, I want to be the one. You can count on me. Let's pray. So, Father, we, we say yes to your message this morning. It's a, it's a message of encouragement. It's a message of hope, not only for our lives, but, Lord, also for those who are very, very far away from you. And we believe that, God, that you, you, could, you could tell the world about the gospel in any fashion, any format, but you have chosen to use us to be the carriers and to be the voice and to be your representatives on this earth. And, Father, we live in such tumultuous times. I, I, I fear, Lord, there's sometimes I just fear for the direction of our nation. But I know this, as long as you have people willing to stand in the gap in every area, in any arena, in every neighborhood, in every city, in every town, you have people in place that are affecting change for the sake of the gospel. There is hope. There is hope. And we can trust in you. Lord, I, I pray for Northbridge today. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. That, Lord, that in some place in their heart, they can believe what has been spoken from this stage today. That they can, they can listen, that they have listened to your word especially. Not, not necessarily to my words, but, Lord, to what you say about being, being the fragrance of Christ and leaving an aroma of the scent of knowing you. Lord, may that resonate in their hearts this week. And, Father, give them courage to say yes to you and saying, I will be an influencer. I will stand in the gap. I will be the one that, God, that you can count on in my relationships, in my little neck of the world, in my causes and my passions. I will be the one, Lord, that you can count on to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ and the aroma of you into this dark and sin-sick world. May your name arise and may you be magnified, Jesus, through us as a church and through us as your followers. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for listening to the Northbridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northbridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.